0: But why don't you tell us your personal story about the, tr- the beauty of traditional Catholicism that brought you from wherever you were spiritually?
1: Well, my, my story is a prodigal one, my, my recent one. You know, I began, and people can, people can go and actually see an interview with Tim Flanders on that about how um, I converted. I used to be a pastor, Protestant pastor. And right. after about a year back in the day of Zanga and stuff, you know, back, in the, back when Zanga and MySpace were cool, <laughs> um, you know, after about a year of debating with people, I, I decided to not only stop being a pastor, but to enter the Church. And it was a big move. I had to, I had to go back to school and, and do another profession. I went to school for journalism. But when I, when I went, I was really confused, because most of my friends online that were debating with me were traditional Catholic people, and they would send me books all the time. And all these books, you know, like I, I read the Catechism of Trent before I read... The Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't know. I You know, I read, uh, upon LaGloria, I read St. Louis de Montfort and stuff like that. <laughs> wow. And that's what really got me in. That's what brought me into the church. So when I, I started going to Mass, I was kind of under an impression a little bit, because YouTube was still new, so there weren't a bunch of Masses online for people to see. And if you didn't grow up right. in that, and if you never went to go visit, but you studied it, and you only studied old stuff, you'd only think it was the Latin Mass. And so I, I went, I was kind of confused a little. I'm like, well, where's the where's the Latin? And I was doing things that That's were... That's hilarious. I had a missile and stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm not seeing this. But I was doing traditional things, and somebody came up to me, because they saw our kids kneeling at different parts of the Mass, and they said, hey, you seem like really traditional people. We think that you'd really like the church about 20 minutes from here, down in Kalamazoo. And so I we went it? there, and uh, at the time, that was... Uh, Oh, uh, it was with, with Father Robert Sirico. Um, oh, okay. He was yeah. over the, at St. Mary's at the time. Um, and so he was there. Now, that's more like the, the new liturgical movement, because Benedict's Motu Proprio hadn't gone through yet. So it was the traditional Novus Ordo, where they had the incense, there's the only altar boys, there's beautiful vestments, uh, the, the Pada and the, the Agnus Dei and other prayers were done in Latin. Uh, right. The Orient chant was there. But it was still the Novus Ordo. But, it, but that, so we went, and when the motor proprio came out, uh, the Father said, look, you know, I, I know I can do it, but I want to be in the good graces of the bishop. If you put together a petition, then we'll bring it. So we did. And, and we did the petition, got tons of people to sign it, and that's when the Latin Mass began there. Well, then later, I, I through a lot of different things, uh, time even as a set of a contest. I fell away from the faith all the way. And I was an outspoken atheist for about eight years. That long, eh? Yeah. I didn't know that. um, Until after the um, amazing life and tragic and untimely death of my daughter to brain cancer. And Mm. after that time, you know, your world flips upside down, man. It's chaotic. It's crazy. It's depressing. uh, You don't know where you're going. Yeah. And we have these kids the remaining three at the time we have five now we had three at the time and they started asking crazy questions man about god and you know yeah. who, who built the universe <laughs> that's the way the, that's the way my daughter said it who were the who uh, who were the builders of the universe um my, my <laughs> son asked me what's right and wrong why did yeah. i do something and if you just say so but what if you're wrong kind of thing like you know what's what's objective morality and then my youngest at the time, Ambrose, he wanted to talk to me privately, and I went upstairs to the room with him, and he was all hush-hush and closed the door, yep. and he said, Papa, I pray. And I looked <laughs> at him like, what? <laughs> you didn't learn this from me? And I, and I jokingly said to him, kind of a little bit mocking, I said, what, has God, like, talked to you? And he, he laughed, and he had a little puppet in his hand, and he had to put the puppet in his ear and said, no. He said, it's not like God's talking in my ear or nothing. And then he paused and he said, but I still think it's the right thing to do. And he walked out the door and left me sitting on the bed in his room. And oh my. that's a weird place, man, for a dad to be <laughs> an atheist dad. And so we, we went and we I showed them videos, trying to dissuade them. I showed them videos of Protestant services thinking they'd find it funny. And they did. They thought it was a joke. But then... Ambrose still again says, "But aren't we Catholic?" And with names like Athanasius, Ambrose yes. Ambrosius, <laughs> and Teresa Avila Lucille, <laughs> that is particularly difficult to dodge. So, long story short, we found our we we said we're going to go to the Christmas vigil because his godmother she'd always send every year at Christmas she would send uh, uh, ornaments to it. Um and and so we decided we're going to go there. And I, now, this is something I didn't put in the article, but I'll say here. Okay. I
0: still exclusive have, for the channel.
1: Exclusive, yes. Um, during my time as an atheist, I went every single year, with the exception of one, to Christmas vigil, either at a Catholic church or uh, our neighboring church. Or we had a neighbor's, it was an Orthodox church, and they had divine liturgy there. And I would go, and every year people would see me, and I had at the time long hair and a lip ring and a nose ring and stuff, and they were like, who's this guy? You know, I stood out like a sore thumb, and they would come up and talk to me, and we hope to see you again. And I'm like, ah, you won't. I'm like, but except for next year. And my daughter liked that about me, especially, that I did that. My atheist friends didn't understand why, and if I were to be someone to ask me, I might not even know at the time, but I did. Wow. And that year, we went to Christmas vigil, and we're, we're kneeling and stuff, and all of a sudden, priest comes out, and they're all altar boys, and they're all wonder, beautifully vested, right? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird, no altar girl kind of thing, you know? And then I'm hearing Gregorian chant from behind, and I'm like, what is this? And then I smell the incense, and I'm like, holy cow! And then, the same priest that we had in Kalamazoo, which, which for reference, is over an hour drive away from the yeah. church we were in. It's the same one. I had no clue. And, and that night, the kids were given candy and stuff. You know, they said, hey, you know, there was a guy who gives them candy every year to give the kids. And when we came home, they all said they loved it, and they wanted to go back. And I told them there's not going to be candy, and they didn't care. But that next Sunday, I found out they had a Latin mass, so we started going there. And, it was, and we never stopped. We just, it just kept going. And it was really the, the, the testament goes to the children. Because God spoke through them and moved through them, and they're saints in the making, man. They have powerful stories in their lives. They're big heroes in little bodies, and I'm really proud of them and how they've changed my life. And so, and, and that was, I think, what, 2017? Um, and uh, And so, yeah, this is going to be yet another Christmas Eve. So Christmas holds a special place, not just because of what yeah. happened when we came back, but also, of course. Uh, when I first made that decision, that, that my first mass that I went to was on Christmas Eve, and so it's always held a special place for me.
0: Well, uh, I can tell they're not going to admit it, but everybody who's listening right now has a tear coming down there out down their cheek. So, what a wonderful story! Thank you for sharing that, Jeremiah. I, um, I, uh, not as extreme. I. Um, I did have a period where I was I was a lapsed Catholic. I mean, I was a, I wasn't never lapsed because I couldn't really say that I had the faith and lost it. I was sort of just a kid who grew up in a uh, Catholic, culturally Catholic Italian Catholic family where no one practiced. And my dad is a lapsed English Canadian Catholic, and it just you know he's very he read he read Christopher Hitchens once, so he knows everything now. And um, yeah, you know he he read God is not great because the uh, what do you say to The Hindus are starving. And they don't eat cows. See how stupid religion is? And I was like, Dad, I'm not a, I'm not a Hindu. I don't know what to tell right. you. <laughs> but uh but I, so I was uh medium faith, had some moments at some youth groups as a kid, but anyway, I gave it up and sort of was a uh, prideful idiot. But one of the things that brought me back it wasn't going to the Latin Mass, um but it was sort of the smells and bells of my no 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 house when um they had, like, crucifixes on the wall. My nonno got much more faithful as he got older. And one time I saw him sitting on his recliner chair in the living room. He was watching one of those stupid Italian game shows that, like, the music, the commercial... I mean, he was older and getting deaf, so it was loud anyway. But there's this particularly annoying thing about Italian TV where uh you've probably seen it these i mean you shouldn't watch these game shows and i don't i mean no no god god bless him I'm, I'm sure he got some prayers to help him get all the way through at the end because there was it was one of those game shows with the um all the ladies the long legs standing there in bikinis holding the signs like it's classic cheesy italian crap and um but he's watching this thing and then the commercial goes on it's advertising some uh little italy shop somewhere in toronto where they sell spaghetti and something else and uh he just takes out his crucifix from his underneath his uh, undershirt, and he just prays. He kisses the thing. A tear comes down his eye, and he points up to the sky. And I was like, "What that? What was that? <laughs> like, what? T- no, yeah. no, I didn't know. I didn't know you had that sort of piety." So, um, uh, it was one of those things where I just there was something in my heartstrings where I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't justify being a, a man that I thought I had to be like him if I didn't give that a shot. And then we found out that we were we got married right after that, and we found out that we were going to be having a child pretty quickly. And and that was another thing, too, is it was a week before I went to Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico on a mission, and I found out that we were pregnant with our first child. God forgive me, I'd grown up. I was an apathetically pro-choice person as a liberal. And uh, I didn't know that Our Lady... First of all, I never knew that Our Lady came to Earth because I didn't know what an apparition was because I was such an adult. And secondly, I didn't know that she was the patroness of the unborn, and I was sitting there kneeling on the the marble floor at the shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe, weeping like an idiot, weeping like a baby, didn't know why, praying the rosary improperly, didn't know which beads to say things on, but I just couldn't put it down.